0: Okay, so let stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Parenting Unknown podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bronson. Thanks again for listening for another week. Hopefully everything is going well with everyone. And I just want to say thanks for all the downloads, all the listens, all the the interactions on Instagram. Appreciate it. And I'm just going to keep doing this until somebody says stop. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just going to keep doing it until, I don't know, it's not fun anymore. that makes sense? But honestly, I'm having a, a good time doing it. And my main goal is kind of to have not only to just do this but to kind of get a community of fathers together that we could support each other. And yeah, I know it's easy to say, you know, everyone has their dads or uncles and all that, but sometimes peer-to-peer respect goes a long way. And maybe it's even reaching out to younger dads or, or friends that are younger than us, but they're still newly newly dads. Reach out to them. The chances are, if you're in our... Our generation, your parents are probably in their fifties or sixties, so they're still a little bit more of the old school. So their emotions are gonna be more on the down low tips and everything. They're gonna come from your mom. Maybe your theas or your aunts might help you, but that fathers father to father advice may not be there. For some, yes, but as a majority, you never know. So I kinda going I kinda wanna re get this community of Dads together, we could come together, talk, express ourselves. Because um, you know Dads go through a lot of stuff too. Dads have questions. We need support. Yeah, we get them from whenever we can. But something from an advice coming from another father that you respect, it really goes a long way. And it's something that I want to share part of myself with other people who are willing to listen. I don't want to overstep my boundaries because let's face, face it. There's some people who are not going to want to hear your advice or want to hear anything coming from you. And that's cool too. But then there's some that appreciate you just saying like, you know what, dude, if you ever need anything, you ever want to talk about something, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. If you want answers, I'll help you find them. I mean, I've gone through some stuff too. So anything, just let me know. And just doing that goes a long way. So I kind of think that mentorship is kind of my ultimate end game for this. Or actually, not end game but like mini goals if that makes sense. But for this episode I want to talk about filling the father void. And there's a lot of, honestly there's a lot of personal void in my personal life. <laughs> there's a lot of void in my personal life when it comes to my father. But first, you know, what is a father? There are definitions and multiple opinions, but in my eyes, an experience going on five years with two kids, I have my own. And when it comes down to it, a father is supposed to be a nurturer. I mean, we are supposed to show love. We show support. We are the mentors in our kids' lives. We are the guides. We are the protectors. We are the foundation for our kids to start building their life. We are their livelihood. You know, with affection, discipline, we show them strength, courage, and compassion. So it seems like a lot more than likely, a parent will experience teaching or showing this to their kids almost every single day, mixed up together, knowing unknowingly, uh, maybe they're focused on individual aspect, but either way, we're actively trying. Me, personally, I could say for me, when generalized, generalize, everyone has their own uh, situation, but for me, it's something consciously that I'm trying to work at. Like right now, my boy is a little sensitive, and he gets that for me. Believe it or not, I know you might see this 6'1 monster looking guy. He's probably going to eat you up or something, say the wrong thing. But I'm a little sensitive too. I will admit that. I'm not embarrassed to say. So naturally, I guess naturally, something gets passed down on my kids, right? So my, my boy is very emotional. And right now we're working on trying to taper down those emotions. Not so much suppressing them, but trying to understand why we're feeling the way we are. Why are we getting upset? What's making us lash out, yell, scream, or cry in anger? And how can we fix this issue together? And the one thing I want to teach my kids is that they're not alone in this. So especially with my son, like, tell him, like, you know what? If you get frustrated, you get angry. That's okay. It's okay to get frustrated and angry. It's something I'm not gonna tell him. We're something that we're human, you know. But it's something that we all experience. I get frustrated. He gets frustrated. But one of the most important things that we could try to do is express ourselves. So when I tell him, tell him, use your words. And then he can understand that something that's a day-to-day that we try over and over again is to use your words. And it's happening. Little by little, it's happening. I don't expect to tell him one thing one day and then that's it. He uses that for the rest of his life. No, I- ideally, yeah, that would happen. But in reality, kids got so much going on that's not going to happen. So you got to constantly remind them every day. If you get tired of it, tough shit. That's our job as a parent. And unfortunately, I know there's a lot of things in the world that parents lose their cool, hurt their kids, you know, fortunately take their lives. But we're trying to get it to a way that we steer away from all that. For myself, other parents, ultimate thing is to show love, care, compassion. And as parents, you got to remember their kids, they don't mean anything. You got to keep our cool. If you have frustration, let it out in another way. Go work out, go hit something, go hit a punching bag, exercise, play video games, something. But the ultimate thing is not to take it out on the kids. And that's it. Everything else is work, right? That's something when you're trying to show all these lessons to kids, it's something that kids, you never know what's going to happen with them. They could be one way one day. They could be angry. They could be happy. You could just, they could just be having what we call an extra day. Is when their emotions are very extra and you are getting fighting, yelling, screaming. Happens with my boy sometimes, happens with my daughter. They're just being extra. That's what we call it. But for us as parents, we got to be ready. But for myself, back to the void, that void that was left of showing, teaching, nurturing, mentoring, it was big. I mean, I had a glimpse of that with my uncle and my actual father, as funny enough to say, but... What did I learn? I mean, from them two, I learned, one, how to shop, and the other one, how to drink beer. And maybe go to concerts, and that's it. <laughs> Great, right? A lot of guides that I need to learn to get myself controlled in life. Meanwhile, I had all these ex- emotions that were going crazy. I had a temper problem. but I mean, Nobody ever asked, how are you doing? It was always quite opposite of that. But, you know, but as a kid, you need someone to guide you. And I took whatever fatherly advice a father is supposed to pass down to his son by other mediums don't laugh but from tv friends music i had a few cousins and when i would be out and i would hear some of my friends dads give them a quick lesson so i kind of be there with the mental notebooks having that info <laughs> and they ask they talk to me about it oh yeah yeah i know i know i've heard that before totally paying off but you know that was brand new <laughs> and i think like i mentioned before and One of my previous episodes, I learned how to shave from The Simpsons. (laughs) As funny as that is to me now, I think it's funny now. I know. I think when I first told my wife, she looked at me like, how sad. (laughs) Babe, but I took what I could get. And when Homer was showing Bart how to shave, I was right there taking notes too. So when it was time for my hair to grow, I already had the tools for it. It was one of those things my uncle wasn't going to teach me. That was one of those things that I wasn't with my dad long enough for him to teach me because let's face it, when he picked me up, I was either left with my grandma who spoke nothing but Spanish and I really didn't communi- I couldn't communicate, or I would go to my aunt's, my Norma's house in the back, or I would go to my aunt Marisela's house next door. It was, you know, it was that, I was left. He would take me to concerts, he would take me to the park, drink with his friends, And it would be like, all right, I'm going to drink here. have a couple of beers. Go walk around for like an hour and then come back and see me. You know, shit like that. So not much going on. And then for my uncle that was at my house, he was too preoccupied with going out. Either going to clubs or with his friends. And the only reason why I was with him at times was because my grandma was working at a bar. And everyone else was busy. So he was stuck. But that stuckness... Was his gateway to another league of invites of friends with kids? I was essentially used for a social advantage for him. <laughs> and honestly, two other dads that I learned stuff from was from TV. And again, don't have because there's going to be somebody who's going to think it's funny as shit. But it's, it's damn true. I learned lessons from Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Mr. Winslow from Family Matters. Funny, right? But with many times having to stay in, I couldn't go out, so TV was my only escape. And I'm just glad that I didn't turn out like Jim Carrey and the Kibble Guy. So if you've seen that movie, you get that reference. But whoever wrote these shows and whoever had these characters say these words, they really spoke to your generation. You gotta think, it was the early 90s. Kids' dads were being jailed. That time was on the rise. We had gangs. We had drugs. We had a A lot of dads leaving. And it was just a new generation of growing up without a good example. So when I heard these men speak, I felt like I heard words that were meant for me. I mean, I seen two black guys being portrayed as one a judge and one a cop. And that alone kind of spoke words because the whole environment around the area, it was anti-cop, anti-law. You know, the cops were Pigs. It was us against them. and so many ways, it still kind of is. But back then in the early 90s, when things were really hot, it was a total yin and yang, yin and yang situation. But, you know, just for them being black, they weren't speaking to just the black audience alone. It was really anybody who would listen. And I think about it now from time to time, and I, I, I laugh about it. And it's sad, but, you know, what? what could I have done? What could I do? Sometimes in life, you gotta make the best out of what you got. And that was, at that time, that was the best. So, from that, all I can do is use this as a fuel to be there, a fuel to be there for my kids and make things right for them. I find a lot of my experience so far in the father world is more important in my kids' life. I see my own two separate relationships with my kids. Two different personalities spawned for me and my wife, and it's hard to here with sometimes but then I think they're just little versions of ourselves so when I see my girl crying after she fell it's not because of the pain of the impact it's more or less the embarrassment in the act and at that point I know I need a hugger I need to say you know something to be embarrassed about hold your head up high we all fall and that's that's one thing kids in general they're tough so I've seen kids my kids fall really fell quite hard and they get up just like nothing, but it's the embarrassment, it's the act of being shy that really gets them and starts crying. And when my boy gets frustrated, then screams and cries, it's cries that are expression from what his emotions are. With him, I try to talk calmly, telling him, you know, take deep breaths, take control and to control his breathing. Let him know that it's okay to express what he's feeling with words too. And then the reason why these emotions are coming up is because he doesn't know how to process them yet in his head. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kids don't cry as much. Everyone's kids different. So everyone looks at my kid crying or screaming, get fuck off. This is my kid. He is learning his own way. And if he's a little emotional, fuck it, so be it. He's a little emotional. That's what we're here as parents, right? (laughs) And, you know, as, as a dad, I let him know that we're here to help in whatever he needs. And it's not just him on, by himself feeling these emotions. It's me with him. It's me trying to teach him. It's me trying to teach him and guide him to better feelings. But this, this embarrassment and anger, it's not only me trying to help my kids. But in reality, I'm finding out that I'm talking to myself as a kid. Because at times, I still get these emotions. So in these times, it's really about double healing. I'm healing my past. And I'm healing my future, the future being my kids, because all these emotions I've gone through, but the more and more I talk about my kids, or I, I, actually, the more and more I talk to my kids about these, it's an eye-opener into my past. And the journey is just something to think about. That makes sense. And for many years, I've tried filling this void with an external force. But I think in the end, all I needed to do was to hear, heal my inner self in a way of repairing the past. I mean, it's honestly, it's just a way of repairing the past and getting ready for my present and for the future. So when I talk to my kids about, it's okay to express yourselves, take deep breaths. I'm talking to myself when I was a kid. I'm talking to myself when I was in the third, second, first grade, and I would get these angry emotions because home life wasn't idealistic. and kids compare your home life to their home lives it frustrates you so a lot of things that i wish to express came out and me fighting with other kids and came out in me talking back it wasn't really a product it wasn't really productive and there was nobody really there to like kind of tell me like you know what these emotions on your situation are okay but here's how we could help none of that so when i'm talking to my boy telling him, and my girl too Tell them, you know, there's good ways to handle things. We could do it. You know, you're not alone. You're going to make mistakes still, but that's all right. We're still going to be here to help you out. We're not going to give up. Um, No matter what, no matter what, we always love you. It kind of gives them a good sense of nourishment around them. It lets them know like, yeah, you know what? I did mess up, but guess what? My dad still loves me. My mom still loves me, and we're going to keep trying to get better. And eventually, guess what? They are going to get better, but it's all a work. And I'm glad My kids are like this. I'm glad my kids are very emotional. I'm glad they're, yes, it's frustrating at times when they really cry loud or when they cry for no apparent reason, but it's still enjoyable because I know there's a lot to learn with them. There's a lot to learn from them. And it really tests your your patience, your work ethic as a parent itself. And it's exciting. I'm excited for all this that comes with the good and the bad, or the good and the irritating if you want to say that have you ever heard a high-pitched scream that just it doesn't seem like it's traveling anywhere else but into your inner earlobe and that cry that squeal that cream that scream is just for you and yes i look forward to those in a way you know new emotions are running through me and i'm really starting to look at the world more with love and empathy and i'm not just saying that as because of covid or what just happened. you know i'm saying that in general but I started changing all my views and outlooks when my son was born. When you have a kid, it's true what they say—they change the way you see things. Some people, because so mm-hmm. I've seen some people have kids and they're just the same dickhead selves they are they were the day before. But that's for a different conversation. You know, right now there's no need to have that that wall of toughness that I, I used to have to have growing up in Boyle Heights. I'm not living in that area where I grew up. I don't have to live in fear or worrying about getting hit up every day by the gang that I live down the street from. They literally see me every day, but still, where are you from? Same thing every day. I mean, I'm living here in Orange County, and I'm I'm actually getting to have my shaved head. And yes, it's not a big deal for some, but for me, I don't like my hair. It just gets me hot, and I sweat. So the less hair I have on my head, the better, and I'm finally able to shave it, and it's a big deal for me. Because back in my neighborhood, if you had your head shaved... It was usually affiliation, you're with the gang. And that just means instant hit-ups, people driving my cars looking at you weird, a couple of looks from the cops, don't matter, that's what it was. But I'm glad that I could walk around in peace finally with a, a bald head, and I guess it's more acceptable now, more transparent. But you know, I'm just in a place where I can enjoy life, I can enjoy me, not be afraid, and smile. Yeah, every area has its ghetto parts, or its you know bad parts, but the spot we're in right now, we're good. Obviously, I still have my guard up when it comes to who's around my kids, especially in public. You don't want to get those creeps or those pedos fucking around the area and all that, so you got to watch out for that. But other than that, this is more on an emotional level. <laughs> There's tough days, but those rewards are far worth it. And what are they? When you constantly tell your boy it's okay to express yourself over and over and over again, like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago. But when he finally does it, I mean, you don't make a big party of it, but in your head, in your inner self, you want to say, you know, thank you, son. You know, let's continue. And it's something that's gratifying as a parent when you work at something so much and your boy finally does it on himself. And sometimes you don't need to say anything. You just look at each other and just kind of an acknowledgement, like, you know, what? yeah, I did it. And it happens. Those tough times, it's all worth it. You know, it's good, too, to look in your kid in the eye and say, you know what, let's help. And they'll give you a look back, too, that says, you know what, I'm not alone in my problem. And sometimes that's all the kid needs to know, is what they're feeling is they're not alone. You got to remember, kids are brand new. They're brand new to life. All these emotions and feelings they have, crying, misbehaving, throwing fits, it's all brand new to them. These are the only ways that have our primal instinct come out. And that's that's what that's what happens. Think about when our kids are babies. What do they do? They cry. Why do they cry? Because they want they can't express themselves, they can't talk, their mental capacity is not there. So what they do, the primal instinct is to cry when they're tired, eating with their diaper, dirty the diaper, or in more recent times they get colic, and that's that's a bitch too. But it's our own instincts and as age progresses, we learn new skill sets. We're there to make it happen, and that's something we just got to remember. I never thought of this before having kids, but it's a constant reminder, especially when those days that they get on your nerves and they're testing your buttons, just remember it's not their fault. They're brand new. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But all these rewards as being a father, it's exciting, and it kind of doesn't make me have regrets on the void that was left, but I do wish sometimes that my father fought more to see me more. And have more time with me. And actually show that he was interested. But he didn't. Or my uncle who. Was there with me most of my life. But we were constantly fighting. You know but. What wasn't there in the past. I'm right here writing. Talking about. For my two small present and futures. Hopefully three. And. <laughs> there a lot of people that I know. Have void father issues and they're caused by the dad from being locked up, getting divorced, being there, but not being there. That makes sense. You know, working all day, coming home at night. Partying for a couple, two, three hours, relaxing and then going back to sleep, waking up, butt crack at dawn and you never see them. Maybe on weekends, or on the weekends they come and they're busy, preoccupied so that the time is not really there. People have issues because of that, believe it or not. And the last one is having other families. I'm a product of my grandfather having another family. My fam, my mother, my grandmother, well, my, in fact, my grandpa's side family. So it happens. It's that's a whole cause and effect thing. But I mean, all this does is damage no matter what anybody says. I don't know anybody who says, you know, otherwise, <laughs> but all of it does is damage. But there is some satisfaction when looking back and trying to make light of what's occurred you kind of get thankful in a way. Thankful to see what happened for some, you know, for some cases and how easy it was to be left. To making you stronger for that bond you have with your kids and your wife or husband. I spent many years trying to chase and fill that void. And I admit, I still seek it sometimes. But when I'm looking for teachings or wisdom, that makes any sense. I'm, I'm not trying to fill anything with physical father per se but more or less general wisdom general teachings about life whether that coincides with filling a void you know a father void yes or no or just in general but some of the little things i do still seek sometimes but not as rapid as what i may think (laughs) you know even that it's getting smaller and smaller and my intention is to make sure my kids don't live without and it's one of those things that me and my wife talked about. And let's say in a very, very, very worst case scenario that mean things between things between me and her don't work out, we're still going to stay together for the kids to make sure they have that cohesive parent life. Because me and my wife said from the beginning, once we have kids, it's all about them. And trust me, there's a lot of things going around on the internet. People in general saying, you know what? Is it wrong to put your kids in front of your husband or wife? And should you put your husband in front of your kids? And it may work for a lot of people else. But to me, that sounds kind of bullshit. That's just how me and my wife, see things because our upbringings weren't as ideal as they should have been or what we had wanted them to. So we know what it feels like to be a discarded kid, to be a kid that's got left in the dark or be forgotten about. We, we know how that feels. So when we have kids, that's the last thing we want them to feel is what we felt as kids, and we agreed. We've had our time. We've gone out. We did did whatever we wanted to do. We spent so much time together, but now it's our kids. It's about them and their needs first. And believe me, we do make time for us. We do still love each other every single day. We talk to each other every single day. But this is more, I know a lot of people say, you know, Don't put your spouse first because when your kids get up, they grow older and they leave. Who are you going to have? Your your spouse But To me, I think that talk is just bullshit. It's just a way to be like, you know, fuck it. I'm still going to party. I'm still going to go out with my friends on the weekends and have beers and leave my kids with their grandparents and woo and party. And nah, I, I just don't buy it personally. I guess it's just me coming from a different perspective. But when I hear that, I just don't buy it. And I change whatever I'm hearing or I see that in person, I just walk away. I'm not gonna listen to that. I don't think it's valid. And ultimately, when you have a kid, they are the best thing to happen in your life. They are the things that should be put first. And the last thing you wanna do is leave them on a negative impact because these kids are smart as hell. And a lot of things you do now when they're two, three, four years old, five, they'll remember. I guarantee you they remember. And we're trying to build something good. You know what I'm saying? So, if I could like leave you off with anything, it's do you, be you, and when it comes to your kids, mentoring them, teaching them, just remember this is all new for them. It's no some ways, it's new for us too, every single way. But just be happy, enjoy it, stay safe. All I could say. So, thanks again for listening for another week. Hope everything goes well with you guys from now until then, past, present, and future. And until next time.